Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. We need a biblical foundation to talk about walking in the supernatural. And my approach this evening is Jesus himself never started ministry without power. Number two, Jesus never sent out any disciple to preach without power. Number three, Jesus never imagined that his church will be without power. Let's look at these three things. Number one, Jesus himself. According to Acts chapter 10 verse 38, we are told Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The miracles Jesus did, he did them after the anointing of the Spirit of God upon his life. When he was baptized and he came out of the water, the Bible says the heavens were open and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove and sat upon him. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 is bold to say that in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Luke 4 14 says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit and his fame went all round. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 23 to 25 says, Then Jesus went around all Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, teaching in their synagogues, and healing every manner of sickness and every manner of disease among the people. Let's catch up with that one. And after that we will read Matthew chapter 9. Read from verse 35 to 38. We are reading Matthew 4. Read from 23 to 25, first of all. 23-25. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, yes. preaching the good news of the kingdom, mm. and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Healing every disease and sickness among the people. Yes. News about him spread all over Syria. News about him spread all over Syria. People brought him all who were ill with various People diseases. brought him all who were sick with various diseases. Those suffering severe pain. Yes. The demon possessed. Mm-hmm. Those having seizures. Yes. And the paralyzed. These are sicknesses and he healed them. Sicknesses. Large crowds from Galilee. Large crowds from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea. Judea. the region across the Jordan followed him. This is Jesus. Now let's read the Matthew 9, 35, all the way to Matthew 9. 38. 
Jesus went through all the towns and villages. Yes. And healing every disease and sickness. Healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I don't want to miss it. Let's read. Luke chapter 8, the first three verses. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Jesus himself. Yes. Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. From one town and village to another. From one town and village to another. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Yes. The trouble is him. And also. Yes. Some women who have been cured of evil spirits. Women who have been cured of evil spirits. Mary called Magdalene, mm. from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own need. Now, I hope this satisfies you that the ministry of Jesus Christ was basically a ministry of power. You know, we have come to a place where when you read the scriptures, you don't need a pair of spectacles to see that when the name of Jesus is mentioned, power and authority accompanies that. Now, let's go to the next step. My next argument is Jesus never sent out any disciple without power. Let's prove this one. First, let's start from Matthew. Matthew chapter 10. Let's read verse 1, verse 2, verse 7, verse 8. Matthew chapter 10. 1, verse 1 and 2. He called his 12 disciples to him. He called his 12 disciples to him. Authority to drive out evil spirits. He gave them authority to drive out evil spirits. And to heal every disease and sickness. And to heal how many diseases? Every disease and sickness. Seven and eight. Yes. As you go, preach this message. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have. Drive out demons. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely gained. I I know what you are thinking. You are saying this is Matthew. Let's move to Mark. In Mark, Mark chapter 3, let's read verse 13 to 15. Mark 3, 13. This passage is important because it is the only passage in the New Testament that tells us why Jesus chose the twelve disciples. Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. Yes. He appointed twelve. He appointed twelve. Designating them apostles. Yes. That they might be with him. That they might be with him. That he might send them out to preach. 
that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons and to have authority to drive out demons he called the twelve to be with him as apprentices so that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons now look at Mark chapter 6 yes Mark 6 read for us verse 7 and then verse 12 and 13 Mark chapter 6 verse 7 says of all Calling the twelve to him, calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two, mm-hmm. and gave them authority over evil spirits. He sent them out two by two with no power. Is that what the scripture says? He sent them out two by two, after giving them authority to drive out evil spirits. They went out and preached that people should repent. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons. They drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. They anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is Mark. Now let's go to Luke. Luke, read Luke chapter 9. Read verse 1 and verse 2, first of all. Luke chapter 9. I want to tell you that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, these things are established. Matthew said it, Mark said it, Luke said it, what are you saying? Listen, he gave them power and authority to drive out how many demons? All. Tell your friend, power and authority to drive out all demons. And to cure diseases. The church we have today says, your mother is a witch. Don't eat her food. You see? The church we have today, a man of God sees you and says, ah, it's your cousin who is troubling you. Your mother-in-law is the one who is making your marriage like this. He gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure diseases. Before even he died on the cross. But this is not what fascinates me. In verses 49 and 50, read that for us. The apostles met a gentleman who was casting out evil spirits. In the name of Jesus, even though he was not following Jesus. Luke 9 49, 49 and 50. And 50. Master, said John, mm. we saw a man driving our demons in your name, and we tried to stop him mm. because he's not one of us. This man was driving out demons in the name of Jesus, and the apostles were trying to stop him because he was not one of them. What did Jesus say? Do not stop him. Do not stop him. Jesus said, For whoever is not against you, it is for you. This man was not even following Jesus. He wasn't known as one of the disciples. But he knew the power in the name of Jesus. Jesus was not yet dead. He wasn't risen from the dead as yet. But his name carried such power that somebody who is not even going to church, following Jesus, was not known to the apostles was using the name successfully. This is the scripture. Now, 
I know where you are going in your heart. So I say, well, well, well. Okay, then it's the 12. Let's go to the 17th address. Read chapter 10. Read chapter 10, verse 1, verse 2. Luke 10, verse 1, verse 2. And uh, I think it's verse 6. Read 6 and 7. And then we shall read 17 and 19. 10, 1 and 2. After yes. this, the Lord appointed 72 others. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. And sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He sent them two by two to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful. Yes. But the workers are few. Verse 6 and 7. 6 and 7 says, If a man of peace is there, mm-hmm. your peace will rest on him. Yes. If not, it will return to you. Yes. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you. Stay in that house, eat and drink whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Yes. Do not move around from house to house. Yes. And then? Heal the sick. Heal the sick. Who are yes. there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. These are the 72 others. Not the mainline apostles. Are you with me? Yes. These are not pastors. They are not even elders. These are the 72 others on the periphery. Now read verse 17 and 19 to convince you. When they came back and there was an evaluation meeting. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord. Even the demons submit to us in your name. They return to joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in thy name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And to overcome all the power of the enemy. And to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nothing, 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 nothing will harm you. You see? So how far God swore to Abraham that your seed will possess the gates of their enemies? He is bringing it to pass now. Because... I give unto you power over serpents and scorpions. Tread upon them. And over all the power of the enemy, nothing will hurt you. Nothing. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's move from the twelve. So now look at the book casting out demons. Jesus himself, the twelve, then the seventy-two. So you now have eighty. 84 people. Uh-huh. And the one man who was starting out demons even by not following Jesus. 85 human beings. Jesus has not yet died on the cross. Jesus has not yet died on the cross. Because the Bible says Jesus, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, made himself of no reputation. And he came on the earth. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Even death on the cross. Wherefore, God also, 
has highly exalted him, giving him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee, every knee, every knee, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God and God. So, the power in the name of Jesus before the resurrection is nothing to be compared to the power after the resurrection. Because before the death of the cross, it was just a shadow. You haven't seen anything. Before, before the death of Jesus, John could put his head on the bosom of Jesus in John chapter 13. He put his head on Jesus' chest. But in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, after Jesus rose up, that same Jesus, he said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he put his hands on me and said, fear not. I am the first and the last. I was dead and now I am alive forevermore. And the keys of death and hate are in my hand. You see? Now, Jesus, when he was on this earth, never sent anybody to preach without giving him power. Anytime we send people out to preach, door to door, house to house, without power, we kill them. The master never did that. But that's not all. Look at every one of the great commission commands. Each one of them has a power part assigned to it. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16 say, Go, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He that does not believe will be condemned. Then 17 and 18 say, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will say, take serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. And verse 20 says, And they went and preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with them, confirming their word with signs following. That's Mark. What about Matthew? Matthew is true. Verse 19 says, Go make disciples of all nations. But that's not the correct quotation. The correct quotation is, therefore, go. What is the therefore, therefore? Matthew 28, 18 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. The therefore is there because all authority in heaven and on earth is given unto me. Disciple making can never take place if Jesus is not Lord of heaven and earth. Carrying the authority over heaven and over earth. Any attempt to make disciples without power is a joke. Little wonder, he himself, with all the anointing, he chose twelve. One was Judas Iscariot. You, you, if you go without power, eleven of your twelve will be Judas Iscariot. You see? Now, we have seen Matthew, we have seen Mark. What about Luke? The Luke 24, from verse 47, 48, he says that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. But 
He ends up by saying, 49 and 50, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Then, as for John 14, 12, you know it. He says, anyone who believes in me, the works that I do will he do. And greater works than this will he do. Because I'm going to the Father. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And what about Acts? Acts 1, 8 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and most parts of the earth. I declare to you, that no disciple making takes place without power and authority. To send people out to go and preach, do house to house, and make disciples without supernatural clothing, with power from on high, is to destroy them. Because the master himself never did that. Hallelujah. And that brings me to the last part of my sermon. What are the principles for walking in the supernatural? What are the principles for walking in the supernatural? Now, Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says, God is no respecter of persons. And Acts chapter 10 verse 34, 35, Peter said, Now I see that there is no respect of persons with God. In every nation... Any man who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to him. If God only gives his power to the crowbos, then he is a respecter of persons. If there is no respect of persons with God, it means that everyone who taps the proper principles which God has put down will also enjoy the same supernatural manifestations that God has put down. I want to bring to your notice three great principles for tonight. The choice is yours. Because if a human being has no power to choose then why is it in the Bible, uh, Deuteronomy 30, 15, that choose you this day? I put before you life and death. Or Joshua 24, 15, that choose you this day whom you will serve. Or Revelation 3, 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, why does heaven give us choice if we cannot choose? I want to tell you that the things I'm going to tell you, you can choose to believe them or you can choose to leave them behind this shed and walk away. But that makes a difference. Number one principle for walking in the supernatural is working with the knowledge that Jesus Christ is our substitute. What Jesus did on the cross, He did for you. And He expects that you will walk in the, the, the profit of what He did. Let me just give you 
three of them. The rest you can work on your own. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 say that. Christ has redeemed us, brought us back out of the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Because it is written, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree. This means that Jesus Christ, eh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 onwards says that He is the image of the invisible God. And that there is a firstborn of all creation. That all things were created by Him. Things in heaven and things on earth. Things visible and things invisible. Whether they are thrones, principalities, powers, they were created by Jesus and for Jesus. If He died on the cross and became a curse for you, then every curse from your tribe Every curse from your family. Every curse which is a personal curse on your life. Tonight, you can walk out of it. Because if Jesus on the cross became a curse for you, what he did, he did for you, not for himself. He has never sinned. So no curse should be on him. But if God put curse upon him, it was your curse that he put on him. Therefore, your curse as a Ghanaian, your curse as a, a, an Ashanti or a Sisala, your curse because you come from a family where nobody lives beyond 50 years, or, or all of them die from high blood pressure, that curse or your personal curse, tonight I tell you, is completely shattered. When we stand up to pray, tell yourself, today I'm walking out of every curse in my family. I am walking out of every curse, every sickness and disease, asthma, rheumatism, those things in my family. I'm walking out of you. What? You have no right. Ah, Jesus became a curse for me. So my grandfather died from, from uh, uh, rheumatism. My father died from rheumatism. And I also have rheumatism. Today, rheumatism dies. Ah. No right over. I, I take myself out of it. Because Jesus, what he did, he did for me. He became a curse for me. That the blessing of Abraham will come upon me. There are mad men in your family. You're, sometimes your, your mind makes as if you are going mad. Today, say my mind is risen from the test of madness in my family. The power of madness in my family is broken forever because Jesus became a curse. If Jesus cannot take your curse from your family, nothing can take it again. You are bound to die with it. What he did, he did for you. The second verse I want you to know is 2 Corinthians 5.21. He says, He who knew no sin, God made him to be sin for you. So that you will become the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus knew no sin. The just died for the unjust. While we were yet sinners, he became sin for you. So that you will now become the righteousness of God in Christ. 
Therefore, from today, every sin and power of sin that has held you captive, you can walk out of it. That anger which has been holding you prisoner, or that lust after girls, that, those things which have been holding, today you can walk out. Because he became, a, he became sin for you. So that you will be the righteousness of God in him. You can walk into the presence of God without any feeling of condemnation, guilt, or inferiority complex, fear. Why? Because you've walked out of sin forever. You can. Tell your friend, you can. If you want to. And the third verse I want to leave with you for your consideration. Is Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. It says that when the evening was come, they brought to Jesus all who were sick and who, who were afflicted with demons. And he cast out the demons with his way and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. That Jesus himself took our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. As you sit here now, Jesus himself took your sickness and carried the The Son of God, he took your sicknesses and carried your diseases. The choice is yours. To believe it and walk in it or not. Hallelujah. And then... I want to talk about the second principle. That is our union with Jesus Christ. You know, it is alright to understand that what Jesus did, He did for us. But a deeper level of understanding is what Jesus did, He did with us. Hallelujah. So, a very good passage is Ephesians chapter 2. I want us to read that one. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 5 and 6. Yes. 2, 5 and 6. I normally like a young man to come so that we can demonstrate this together. You see, from verse 1 of the Ephesians 2, he proves that we were dead in trespasses and sins. So you can sit down as if you are dead. And in the death, the principalities and powers of this air, the evil spirits, because we were dead in trespassing, they were controlling our lives. And the world, and our lusts. So they moved us wherever we want. We, and it, you are a dead man, so they carry you. So today you hear that this is the new music, so you are also going there. The next day you hear that is autofista, uh, and then you drop autofista. Next time is I'm aware. Ah, so you do it because there is a spirit which is pushing you 
to do. And because you are dead, you don't actually know what you are doing. But listen to the passage. When Jesus came, God put you inside Jesus. And you were crucified with Jesus. And you died with Jesus. Yes? It is by grace you have been saved. Yes. And God raised us up with Christ. God did what? God did what? Raised us up. God did what? He raised us up with Christ. Listen. Listen. God raised us up with Christ. Romans 8.11 says, The same Spirit which raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit which is at work in us. Why? Because when God raised Jesus up from the dead, on that resurrection morning, the same power which raised Jesus from the dead is the same power which raised you too from the dead. He raised us up together with Christ. And what did He do again? He made us alive together with Christ. He raised us up together with Christ. And He made us to sit together with Christ in the heavenly place. Now, listen, my brothers and sisters. There is a certain power at work in you because you are a new creation in Christ. So, as you sit here now, you are actually carrying the resurrection power of Jesus in your spirit. And He did not only make you alive, but he raised you up so that the same principalities and powers, thrones, dominion which God raised Jesus up above, you are also raised above them. And Jesus did not only rise above them, he sat at the right hand of God. So you are with him, seated. Say seated. 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 Seated with Christ in the heavenly place. Now, for a long time, for a very long time, I wrestle with this Bible verse. Because I'm on earth, my feet are on the ground. And they say I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly place. How do I take it? But the Spirit began to convince me. The first scripture which helped me was that I am the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5, you won't read it, from 25 to 27 says that. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We are the bride of Christ. Say, I am the bride of Christ. I am the bride of Christ. Supposing you go to an Aifro and the person is a prince. Eh? And he comes and they say, hey, are you from? It's coming here by hey. And the veil and everything. And then you see the woman come and they remove the veil and it's a good. I'm glad you are laughing. If Jesus 
coming for a bride. It should be a bride who can sit on the throne with him. No man goes to marry a woman he will be ashamed of. In fact, some women say, I won't marry a man who is shorter than me. I won't marry them. Because they don't want the day they are introducing their husband for people to be laughing. Do you think Jesus, in coming for a bride and dying for the bride, will, will get a bride who cannot sit with him on his throne? But that's not all. Do you know that we are called the body of Christ? If we are called the body of Christ, look, if your tooth, one tooth is staining you, your whole body feels it. If I am body of Christ, then I can sit where Christ is sitting. So when Saul was persecuting the Christians and going to Damascus, Jesus said, why do you persecute me? Because you touch the body of Christ, you touch him. And three, you know Romans chapter 8 from verse 15 to 17 says that, the spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus. But rather we suffer with him that we should reign with him. If you are heir of God, can't you sit on the same throne with Jesus? And do you remember Revelation chapter 3 verse 21? He says, he that overcomes, I will grant him to sit on my throne as I overcame and I am seated on my father's throne. And Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11 says, Jesus was not ashamed to call us his brothers. Should I add more? Praise the Lord. Look, there is every ground for you to sit with Christ in the heavenly place. Thank you. The Christian walks in the supernatural because we can't help it. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are His bride. We are His body. First Corinthians 2, uh, 2.16 says we have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 6.17 says anyone who joins himself to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. As uh, John 20.21 20, says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Eh? If your Father is sending you to Kumasi, and he gives you a uh, thousand Ghana cities to go and do the job and come. Then your father is sending your brother. How much should he give your brother? Yes, you are coming. How much will he give your brother to Kumasi for the same job? Quiet. If the Bible, Jesus himself said, he said twice. John 17, 18 and John 20, 21. He said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. No human being sent by Jesus should carry less anointing than Jesus. Because he faced the same devil with us. Why should he give us less anointing to face the same devil? Oh, at the time we are living, it's even more difficult. Why should he give us, uh, he reduced the price of the anointing? Hallelujah. But I need to finish this sermon. And the third and last principle I want to give you for walking the supernatural is 
God living inside you. Hallelujah. You know, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6, God comfortably says in verses 1 and 2 that heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Which house can you build for me? Because here is somebody who is sitting, his buttocks is in heaven. That's his throne. His feet are on the earth. That's his footstool. Where is his head? What about when he stands up and raises his hand? But First John chapter 4 verse 15 says, Anyone who confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. Philippians 2.13 says, We should work out our salvation fear and trembling because God is at work in us to will and to do according to his own pleasure. Now, some people, theologians say, Oh, actually what he means is that it's the Holy Spirit. When we say God is living in us, it's the Holy Spirit. What about John chapter 14 verse 23? He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. My Father will love you and we will come and make our home with you. We, meaning I, Jesus, and my Father. We, we. He uses we there in your Bible. So, as you sit here now, the creator of heaven and earth says you are his home. He dwells in you. But that's not all. Do you know that Jesus Christ lives in you? Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians 3.16, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who serves me from within. And it's not the Christ before the cross who is in you. It's the Christ of the resurrection. Yes, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The one who opened the seven seals. And the whole of creation was falling down before him. He is the one living in you. But that's not all. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Spirit of God. You know, First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse uh, 10 to 11. He argues that who knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? Therefore, the thoughts of God, nobody knows except the spirit of God. He searches all things, but he lives in your heart. Your body is his temple. So, what happens? Uh, can you, which, which bag is that? I want a lady's bag. Okay, yes, this bag. Bring it. Can this chair go into this bag? No. Can it go? No. Okay. Let's try it. Okay. So let's, let's move now. You see, God is bigger than you. But He lives inside you. So anytime, anytime you are moving around, you carry the presence of God the Father. God the Son and God the Holy Spirit with you. And people and spirits, they see God 
working in you. Because he's bigger than you, you can't hide him inside you. He, he, he sticks out of you. And, and, and Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So that the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So that the excellency of the power will be seen that is not of us, but it's of God. I want to declare to you that these are Bible truths. You can choose to believe them or doubt them. But your life will never be the same if you will believe this. Shall we be on our feet? Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.